Welcome to the Master Slave Lifestyle Podcast. Here we'll interview real people living the real Master Slave lifestyle, all consensual and all in different ways. And in this episode, there was a point where I sort of broke down and the reaction of Master wasn't what I've had of people previously. It's really easy to kick someone when they're down. It shows true dominance to pull them up. Felt that the psychological aspects of, of subdom are more important, literally more important than the physical aspects. I, I just believe passionately that there is a different way to what you see on Twitter and you read about. There is a, and it does actually fit with our true core human self. This is masterslavelifestyle.com. Hello everyone. So when speaking with English Leather Master and his slave, I actually found that we had so much to speak about that this has ended up being a two-parter episode. So what you're going to listen to now is part one and next month there'll be part two. I hope you enjoy. In this episode, we have Sir Matthew, known as English Leather Master, and Sir Matthew's sub, known as Boy Paul, both from the UK. Along with being a master, Sir Matthew is also a coach and a BDSM coach. To both of you, welcome to the Master Slave podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much. How are you? Very good. So I thought to start, could you both introduce yourselves? And as always, Masters first. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, I'm uh, Matthew, I otherwise known as English Leather Master. Um, I am a f- early 40s uh, dom living in the UK at the moment, but I have lived around the world a few times. Uh, and we have been together, well, we met about three years ago um, while I was living out in Asia. And then uh, for at the beginning of the, just before, uh, the first lockdown, I came back to the UK for um, a funeral and for Darklands and uh, various other events in, in Europe uh, and got stuck um, and decided to shack up with Paul because, you know, where else do you go apart from a, a good good sub? Uh, and we got on really well and um, it's developed from just a... a uh, a relationship that that started you know was was an on and off of, for a number of years seeing each other a few times a year to uh i you know i, I can't remember the last time we had a day away from each other <laughs> so cool um thank you master i i think you've practically covered everything there um so my name's paul obviously master sub um i'm sort of i hate to say mid-40s um, I think I, I don't really know what else to say on, on on top of what you've just said, Master. So, so thank you both for that. So, um, kind of just as I'm sorting out the introductions, so Matthew, you very specifically said that you're Sir Matthew and not Master Matthew. And uh, can I ask you why that is? I have always had a. F- a th- I mean, I mean, the, the, as soon as you start talking about honorifics in the BDSM world, it's it's a huge can of worms. But my personal feeling is that master, I am the master of someone. So when someone calls me master, it's someone I've collared, someone who I own. Um, therefore, I um, don't encourage people to be call, uh, to call me master unless. I own them, and that's three people on this planet, one of whom is sitting next to me. Um, uh, for for other people, I prefer sir or boss or whatever feels natural. 
<laughs> he's he's getting very excited and showing the tattoo that only three people plus me have. Um, which, yeah, so um, yeah, master is 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 a symbol of ownership for me. Cool. Thank you very much for sharing that. So, um, could you tell me a bit about your relationship? So, how it kind of started and how it evolved. I'll let him talk at this point. By the way, at, at, throughout, just for for your no, your knowledge and for everyone else's knowledge, I have given him permission to speak throughout and through and and openly, and that's the way our relationship works. So, why don't you tell the story? Thank you, Master. Um, right, where do I start? So, um, we met in Gran Canaria almost three years ago. Um, I am. I was, I suppose, I don't quite know how to describe it. I knew I was submissive. I knew I was a slave. I'd had some experiences prior, all of that sort of stuff. But I still wasn't, uh, I was looking for that true, meaningful um, connection, I think. Um, there's also various issues at play. I was in um, another sort of toxic non-BDSM relationship at the time as well. And that was sort of slowly coming to an end at that particular time. Um, and then I think, as Masters just said, we kind of just hit it off from the very beginning. Um, there was something very different about Master to the people that I've met before. Um, uh, my view of this is we we just instantly clicked, and I, I knew it the mo- from the very first moment. Um, the, the 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 first time I actually met Master was. Um, I can get into some really serious stuff. I'll, I'll let Master comment on that and his own sort of things. But um, there was a point where I sort of broke down and the reaction of Master wasn't what I've had of people previously. Um, and I just I just felt something there and then. And um, that moved into ownership. And as Master was referring to earlier, um, at that point I was calling Master Sir. And I remember that time when I was invited to, um, you know, when Master owned me, decided to own me, and I was then able to call Master Master. Um, that then progressed into we just we hook up. I went over to um, Thailand where Master was based at that time. Um, we'd catch up in America. Master would come to the UK. We'd catch up, go to the back street, the leather bars, and all that sort of. And things just evolved from there. Um, and to the point where, as Master said, um, lockdown happened, Master was in the UK, um, and then things just progressed from there, and we're where we are now. Um, yeah, I'm a much stronger and better person for it. Everything, I was just saying earlier, everything that I could ever have wanted and more has happened to me and i'm in a very sometimes i'm thinking my god how did this happen because three years ago i remember having a discussion with master about how and everything's just changed so i don't know if you've got anything else to add master um i can't actually remember the exact question (laughs) (laughs) so i I was asking about the relationship and how it evolved i I mean one of the um, specific questions that comes out for me from what um, boy paul said is um how did you make it work long distance you know this this was this is like real long distance as well (laughs) well i i mean i i for many years uh was in a uh non-b non-bdsm 
uh, non-kinky but open relationship. And I had learned, I had, the itch to be a dom had been scratched by recon long-distance relationships that I saw people for, for limited periods of time. So I was quite used to that. Uh, so when I said there's three people on earth who've got my tattoo, apart from me, uh, one of them lives in the States and one of them lives in continental Europe. Uh, so I was I was quite used to seeing people and having very intense uh, periods of time with them and then, you know, constantly contacting them on, on online or on, on WhatsApp or whatever, talking to them every day. So that 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 worked for me, and in fact, I'd had a, a previous uh, between the the the, the long term relationship that was non non BDSM, which ended about four or five years ago now. Um, I'd had another boyfriend uh, while I was in Asia, and he was in America. So I'm, I'm quite sort of versed at, at long distance relationships, and part of the reason for that is I'm incredibly self sufficient, um, and I don't need people around all the time and until I met Paul I had felt um what's the word I want stifled by other people because they stopped me from being my myself so it was quite nice being around uh, being being further from other people and then dropping in doing some 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 fun stuff with with people and then uh, leaving them wailing, missing me for another six months. <laughs> I know that feeling, yeah. I remember being in New York and absolutely in floods of tears when I said bye to Master that one time. And this lady just came up to me and she just knew. And she said, it will all be okay. It was just so sweet. So. <laughs> it was in the airport, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <Aww. laughs> that's really sweet. No, I'm walking away going, yes, that's, that's the end of <laughs> No, I wasn't really. <laughs> when, when did you know that you wanted to move in together? Was there any kind of hints before, let's say, the lockdown and stuff that, that this was something you wanted um, to do? That's a good question. No, I, I mean, he probably wanted it the whole time. He was like... Um, Throughout the whole of last year, um, I'd been building up my um, coaching business and I, I coach LGBT plus and, and kinky people. Um, so Paul had been really helping me with that and with uh, my other side of, of business, which is uh, OnlyFans uh, and Just for Fans. Um, and so we knew a lot about each other and we were in contact a lot about business stuff as well as sort of relationship stuff, um, which meant that everything was on the table already. So it, it was a natural fit when I came back to the UK and got stuck to go and stay with Paul because it meant that I could be myself, I could enjoy myself, I could play uh, and also continue with all those businesses and things. Um, and I suppose looking back, the fact that I was able to share that business development with Paul and he was able to help me along my own personal journey um, meant that it was rather inevitable that he would end up sleeping in the same bed every night um, because we resonated so well in that in that period of time. But it, it wasn't planned. And actually, I remember at the beginning of lockdown last year when everyone thought it would be for, you know, two or three weeks, umming and ahhing about where to go, whether to go to Paul's or to another friend of mine. 
Um, and I think it was a very good plan of mine to go to, to where Paul was living. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that I'll just add, if I may, Master, is um, just what hap- has certainly happened for me over the last three years is I've been on a journey and Master's helped me on that journey immensely. Um, as a character, as a person, I've grown in so many different ways. Um and I think sharing that with Master as well, and that's all kind of intertwined with it. So there was a connection. I think that connection was growing and growing. Um, but yeah, I remember saying, um, I thought I was saying goodbye to Master in Mr. Leather UK 2019, would it be? 2020. 2020. Yeah. I, yeah <laughs> sorry, I lost track of time. But I, re- I remember saying goodbye to Master and thinking I wouldn't see him again. I didn't know when I would see him. And somehow we've just... <laughs> it was week. about a week away <laughs> yeah so um yeah I, it's um it just feels a natural fit and everything so yeah um something that you mentioned earlier was was about there was just a connection there um like uh, i always remember with my ex master um i wasn't actually even officially meeting him that night but the person i was serving very kindly introduced us and there was just like this electric spark as i looked up into his eyes as i was was on my knees um and i just remember this going wow this is so different you know was it a similar experience for you is there another way you could describe something which is probably very hard to describe you that's me is that to 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 both of you but well, you, actually, you answer it first because it's, I think it's very different for me. Yeah. So I think, as I was saying earlier, when I met Master, um, I think if I just wind that back actually a little bit, I think I've always known I've been submissive, I've been a slave, and I've had some pretty horrendous experiences. Um, um, there's uh, there's certain people that would just think it happens inside the bedroom and it everything's normal. Um, not normal, that's the wrong word, but it's almost like the BDSM stops once everything's outside of the bedroom. Whereas what we what we have, um, again, I don't want to speak for Master, but in my view, what we have is that BDSM relationship and also what some would call a traditional partnership as well and it's all sort of we've managed to integrate it somehow and it just really works for us um to answer your question directly so i had those sort of worse experiences and i didn't know how to channel things i always knew i was a slave submissive i crave that ownership and all that sort of stuff but i think it was i just knew it was such a it was such a chance um meeting as well it was on grinder <laughs> it was just as luck would have it it just happened and um i it was just uh, i think it was just master's nature um so master's never been one of these people that dictates and says you've got to do this you've got to and master's dominant and he has that overall say so but he's not one of these that believes a slave doesn't have a mind and all of that sort of stuff master encourages me to speak and we have dialogue but still within that submissive um master uh relationship if that makes sense and maybe it was that that i felt i just felt that every it was like 
made I, I, it's everything I I didn't know what I was looking for but everything that I think I was looking for was there if that makes sense and I just felt it it was just um, to the point where after that initial relationship we'd arranged to catch up I think it was the same evening or the following evening and I was like oh my god what the hell is ha- I've never felt like this and I literally went underground for about half a day just I switched down on my apps because I just needed to process what was going on because it was just like I'd never actually had this. It was just it like this the whole subdom thing just just fit it. it. It's hard to explain. I can't put it into words. And I think only those that have been in that situation um, uh, will know what I'm talking about. I think. Um, sorry if I rambled there. I, 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 you said about you may not be able to find the words. That's the only way I can describe it. I think. And so, so Matthew, how 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 about you? Like, as you um, as as boy Paul was talking there, I could see a smile uh, in your eyes. <laughs> um, so uh, one of the things I think is that uh, I am different from from other, and, and I'm not singing praises in saying that I'm different from other doms. I'm just s- stating a truth in that I have always felt that the psychological aspects of of subdom are more important literally more important than the physical aspects i've met lots and lots of people who think it's all about particular physical um activities you know whether that's bondage or um impact play or or whatever it is and all of those are good fun and i enjoy them but what i've always looked for are the people who will make my mind sing as well as my body. Um, Because ultimately I've got a right hand and it's very good at its job. Um, And other parts of me want want stimulation too. And there was something about Paul that I really, it really intrigued me. He was on a journey, but the wrong journey and he couldn't see it. And we don't need to go into what that was right now. But I was not going to rescue him because I'd done that my whole life in, in taking people and sorting them out. But I was I was there with him on the journey. Uh, and I thought, let's let's see where, where this goes. And um, he was a little experiment for me, I suppose. But it's an experiment that worked really well uh, and turned into this amazing man who um, three years ago was not in an amazing place following on from that so i know for a lot of masters you know part of the psychological makeup for them is to you know claim something that 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 they want to own and that urge can be overwhelming at times so (laughs) how how do you manage that urge you know to not completely take over and then to give that space to you know, to um, allow the the um, slave or sub to kind of like move it in in the the direction you want without you taking over. That's that's a great question, and it's it's twofold. First of all, I did what everyone did when I first got into this into this weird world that we live in. Um, I started owning people, you know, within thirty seconds of meeting them online. Um, and I had a list, you know, as long as your arm of people who were apparently <laughs> slaves. Um, and yeah, it was fun. And funny enough, we were talking about this today, how it's very, very easy as a Dom who's slightly narcissistic 
totally self-absorbed, absolutely, uh, to enjoy um, the attention that comes from people. But very quickly, I also realised that people will use um, the the a master to solve their problems for them, and it's exhausting. And I've done that, as I say, far too many times. And my the 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 long non BDSM relationship ended because I realised after eighteen years that I had been propping up my my ex. Um, all of that time doing the work that he needed to do on himself. And I wasn't going to do that again for other people. So um, as soon as I learned about the, 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 there's a thing called the drama triangle, which is three places that people can take in a relationship. Um, There's the victim who says, poor me, poor me, everything's wrong, the world's against me, I can't sort myself out. There's the rescuer who comes in riding on a on a white stallion and saves them. That was me, totally. And there's the persecutor, and the persecutor push, pushes them down and makes the victim a victim. And they the, the, the three uh, styles of behaviour really it need each other. A rescuer needs a victim. A persecutor needs a victim. A victim needs to be rescued and needs someone to push them down or needs circumstances to push them down. And the only way of getting out of it is by saying, you know what, I'm an adult. And you're an adult too. And as long as you're not mentally ill, you can sort yourself out. You can make your, your life better. So once I learned about that, I started seeing that a lot, not all, absolutely not all a lot of people who thought that they were submissive or slave were actually just victims looking for a persecutor and or a rescuer um and they were immediately crossed off my book of people i was interested in and therefore i started moving to finding people who were truly submissive who deep in their hearts needed to serve other people um and really got off on that in the same way that I get off on leading someone who wants to be an adult. Um, and that's a really powerful place to be because you can really both grow in that. Um, and the best analogy I can give in this is is the difference between leadership and management in a, in a workplace. In, the, in a workplace, when a manager tells you what to do and micromanages, they're not developing their subordinate. A leader is someone who brings their subordinates up. So actually they're working together and, and they're doing different jobs, but the, they're both for the benefit of the of the organisation. And that's the way I see a, a dominant sub in a, in a relationship, is working together for the benefit of the relationship. Um, and whether that's in a physical act that, that he has to, you know, grin and bear it while I do bad things to various parts of his body, or whether it's that he's making me coffee in the morning and pushing me out of bed to, to get to the gym, all of it works. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. If, if I would just make, I just wanted to just say something about the, what we were talking about before, something you just said, Master, is... I also came from a relationship where I had somebody very needy that was sort of like, I was almost the crutch to them. And I think we've both come from very similar paths in life, um, and which is also, I think, part of why we just click, in my view, is one of the things as well, is because we just seem to have a bit of a similar journey. 
Um, and we we just, we don't seem to stop talking. We've been locked down with each other since last March, and um, we just don't stop talking. Do well, we, it's because we've got matching baggage. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean we talk about other things other than <laughs> we that. Do, so, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it, it kind of brings up um, something else in my mind that there's um, a book by someone called Slave Master, and one of the things that you say there is that the slave finds the master once they've done a lot of the heavy work themselves in solving a lot of their issues and just bringing in this um, relationship triangle, the um, drama triangle, I I can actually really, really relate that. It's when the slave moves out from one of these positions and finds a master who's out of those positions that it can work. But a, a lot of work needs to happen before then. Absolutely. And and that's the thing. I don't think anyone can be in any relationship that's non-toxic. Um, and the, the, the issue with BDSM relationships is there is a, a the, the dom in particular can take the persecutor role very, very easily and can push the slave down. Um, and one of the things that I realized over time, there are people out there who are scared of me because of the dom I used to be. And I used to be a dom who was actually very destructive in my beliefs and what I wanted people to do and what I wanted to do to people. And then at some point, I suddenly turned around and, and realized that it's really easy to kick someone when they're down. It shows true dominance to pull them up when they're down but in a way that allows them to stand on their own two feet without you holding them for the rest of their lives. Um, That's really hard. And I believe I've done it this time. And believe me, he's not that terrible. I I was just going to say, so if if I may, Master, some of the... I can be crawling around your back street in the leather bars on the floor, licking Master's boots and doing even worse things than that sort of thing. But... I can also can I just point out licking my boots is not a bad thing. Yeah, but going back to <laughs> where I was doing with all of this is to for me, I've always like I said, I've always known I'm a slave submissive, but I now know exactly who I am. Um I've never had it in life where my head is like a window box talking to master. We had a, re- a discussion that I don't think many people ever have in a relationship earlier today. Um, and it's that whole thing that, that comfort within myself now. And I guess maybe there was some shame previously and all that sort of stuff. I I don't know, but, um, I'm now in a place where I know who I am. I know why, what makes me tick. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. I, I was shy as anything before. I wouldn't say boo to a goose. I'd never, I was the sort of person that would never walk into a pub on my own. I'd never, ever done that. And Master's just, I'm meeting Master. I just found that everything just clicked. And Master's encourages me to be myself. But the point I wanted to make and that I'm getting to is I can be that person that walks into a pub and dances around, but that doesn't make me not as submissive, if that makes sense. Um, even with everything we do, we were talking about this the other day, even at Master's Parents. We don't obviously go into graphic detail. But those dynamics are still at play between us, I think. In, um, <laughs> my mum my did at, at one point say, why, why do you keep asking him to get drinks? Can't you do? 
<laughs> yeah, we, we, we don't share that much. <laughs> sorry, I may have gone off on a bit of a tangent. There, it was but, a tangent, but, yeah, <laughs> but no, th- thank you both for sharing that. It, it's I think really important to bring some of these things out. Um, if I if I may, just on that point, um, the one point that I was going to say is. I think it's about people, and the reason I'm bringing these points up is you read stuff and some people will say, you need to behave in X, Y, Z manner. And there's various protocols out there. And yes, I get those protocols, but you see a lot on Twitter and we run sort of a social thing um, once a week it is now. And you see a lot of new people thinking because they've seen stuff on Twitter where there may be a submissive being seriously beaten up and stuff like that. And they think that they've got no experience and they think, and they aspire to be that person from the, from the off. And I think people need to make their own rules up. It's a sort of find your own way and find what you want. Don't be defined by some of the, the um, fantasy that's very easy to see online. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I just because it started to come up. So, um, is it so Matthew? Could you tell me a bit about how your journey as a master has developed? Because you were kind of saying that 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 you're a very different person to now. And what I'd be really interested in in hearing is how did you come up with the learning or insight? to change and were there any major kind of insights or things that that you could mention that might help a a master going through the same kind of process yeah it's interesting every now and then someone messages me and says can you teach me to be a master um and i always think i don't know how i would do that um apart from following your your following what feels right but um the story i think starts in my late 20s um when i discovered what was then called world leathermen and world skins which now is called recon um and they had chat rooms uh way back when and um i remember them (laughs) (laughs) you don't look that old um uh, so in the ch- in the chat rooms, most of the chat rooms were were sort of hookup chat rooms, and that was fine. Uh, but you know, if, if I was in this relationship and and I wasn't wasn't able to meet up very often, so I found the chat room that was the one that allowed me to have more fun, and that was the pups chat room. It's because in the pups room, all you need to do is type throws a ball and suddenly it all you know everyone starts running around in the chat room uh having fun and it was just it it was a nice way of making connections and then people by being a slightly more dominant i wasn't a pup i knew that <laughs> by being slightly more dominant than anyone else in that room people started asking me to you know uh to 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 dom them uh, and I actually remember one of my first ever Dom experiences. I was texting a, a, a slave who I, I owned at the time. You know, this, these are one of the ones who, who you own for about five minutes. Um, and he he was at a party or something, and I think I told him to spill his drink over his 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 
genes or something. It was all this completely random shit that you do to try and prove that you're a dom. Um, he also asked me to choose his clothes, which I got bored after day two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got really I, getting my own t-shirt out is is a big enough ha- hassle for me to have to think about. Um, so I couldn't be bothered with any of that. So um, that then developed into ownership of people in real life uh, and and physical ownership of people and. All the t- this is all alongside this this uh, very long relationship, non BDSM relationship, and we used to go to places like the Hoist, and then I had my 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 boys and my pups um, at the time, and sometimes we went together to with my my boyfriend uh, to you know Amsterdam or Berlin, um, and I just sort of started putting my foot in the in in the in, in the door. The, the the destructive stuff I was talking about came often with the financial domination side, uh, where I, I found FinDom a good sort of 10, 15 years ago. Um, and what I liked about it then was it was one way and, and you know, people people love it and hate it and all the rest of it it seems it's 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 strange that that putting two fists up someone's bottom is okay but taking a few few pounds off them is not um and you know that they're, they're very different things but people can make choices um but i quite liked it because i would say to someone you know you are going to work for me tomorrow morning um and therefore your entire pay for tomorrow morning is coming to me type of thing um, over time, I got bored with that. But in that time, I met a lot of subs who were very, very. Um, they were they were trying to be victimized, and that's the time that I would say things like, you know, I'll get you into into huge amounts of debt and stuff. And those people every now and then pop up and go, "God, you've changed," um, <laughs> because I realised, as I say, that that it's very, very easy to take someone who's that low and to to make them worse, but actually to take someone and make them better uh, is hard. Um, Especially because what what happens is if you try to rescue anyone from a from a position like that, then they will feel judged. Uh, so you you can't say this is wrong. You have to work a way of 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 making someone who's in a bad place feel better. Um, over time, I had a live-in uh, slave with my uh, boyfriend, um, and that went horribly horribly wrong. Um, for reasons that I really don't need to go into, but it just you know the, the it was like trying to bring two North Poles and a magnet together. It just it did not work, um, and it split up all three relationships in that in in that place. Um, the, the the trying to force people into situations, which meant that I I can then get out of it. Going to Asia was great for me because I could then get some time to do a huge amount of work on myself. And my big, the two big, I think, um, learnings for me were one at the end of my relationship when, uh, because of various things, I went to, to therapy and I learned about the drama triangle and started to recognize behaviors in people. And then uh, after I was in Asia and I retrained as a coach, 
And I learned much more about my own value system and other people's values and how people work and how pe- what makes people tick. And suddenly I had this um, psychological knowledge that I could then use to be a better Dom. Um, and that really helped me. Um, and then that's why if you go onto my website, there's a, there's a book called Mastering Life. And it's all about all of that psychological stuff and trying to pull together all the, those sort of business models and psychological models and cognitive behavioral therapy models and things and use them to understand relationships. Because I think what we do is we, we separate everything in our lives. And I was a business person who knew all of this. I'd done leadership training. But I hadn't realized I'd been a leader outside as well. I thought it was just, you know, about choosing people's clothes or or slapping them in certain ways. Uh, And actually, it was about leading people and making them better. A lot of masters I see go into the trap of, let's say, rather than going through this hard period of growth like you have, they decide to stay static and blame everyone else around them. Is there anything you would say to kind of um, uh, help people kind of choose which of those paths they they would like to take? I, I'm trying to remember the quote, which is something like, if everyone around you is an arsehole, maybe you need to be looking at yourself. Or... <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the, there, is definitely, there is definitely a part of that, that if, if everyone, you know, isn't, taking notice of you in the way that you thought you deserved maybe your expectations are wrong or you're you're doing something that's wrong um it is hard work i think it's it's about self-awareness as much as anything else you have to look at yourself and go okay if i was walking to my room now have i for example you know, you 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 stick a, a profile up on recon. You say that you're um, you're you're 25, and actually you're 45. And someone walks in the room, and you're surprised that they're surprised at you. Or you say that you're a very experienced, you know, spanker or, or whatever it is, and and they walk in, and actually you don't know what you're doing. Um, that that you will lose out. Whereas if you say, listen, I'm a novice banker. Um, I'd like someone to, to, to try out on who can help me. And then really importantly, listen to the feedback from the sub, because actually feedback from a sub will help you be a better Dom. Therefore they are helping you. Therefore they are serving you by giving you feedback and not sitting there being an arrogant twat who never learns anything. Then, you will grow and then you will get better. Just something you just said there, Master, is from, I'm just thinking from my perspective, I can, I have far more respect for somebody that is true, open and 100% honest to somebody that I can very clearly see who's putting up a facade. And that it's whatever works for people. But I think the key to life and everything is be who you are, what you want to be, and just whatever everyone else's expectations are, not pay so much attention to those and pay more attention to your own mindset. I'm looking at this from a submissive angle, but I would ha- I personally have far more respect for... You know, I've, I've seen Master upset over things at times. I'm, I don't 
it's yeah. not okay to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Master's not afraid to sh- share that side of me, where some um, uh, dominance who I've been with in the past, without a doubt, I can guarantee would be. Um, and that's not a judgment. It's more of an observation. But um, I think, yeah, for, certainly from my perspective, that's, that's what I would say. Boy, Paul, so um, how about yourself? Like, it sounds like you've gone through a big period of growth as well. So, you know, what was the um, the big insight or, or the, the the key things that that have helped move you to, to, to this point where you could have this relationship with uh, Sir Matthew? Um, so I've had a couple of dodgy pretty horrific encounters in my in my past um don't particularly want to go into those in detail but it's very easy to like look at those and almost they they kind of make me i've embraced them and pulled them together so i've learned from those experiences um one thing that i've the main thing that i've learned from master is it's okay to say whatever's on your on my mind um it's okay to be me and i've actually thought oh it's like that the moment of realization that it is okay and that comes from childhood school and all that sort of stuff which caused me to get to that point so i've kind of just um i, I don't know how to it's i've found the true authentic me i i'm actually if you'd have said to me three years ago i would be sat here having a conversation like this being completely open and honest and saying everything and speaking freely i would have laughed you out of town um but uh, i think it's that confidence within myself because at work, I or in the very early days, I'm like I say, I'm mid forties. So I, I, you know, when I first started work, I hadn't come out. I almost I put this facade in front of people and pretended I wasn't gay and all that sort of stuff. And there was those filters. And the one thing that I've realised is when you are having to be something else to and face off differently to people, you're having to consciously think all the time. When you lose all of that barrier and all that rubbish and junk and you are just you everything just falls into place from there i think um i i've spoken to master about some things that nobody in this earth would ever knows and will ever know probably um um it's it's that dialogue it's 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 like oh you can do that you can say that because as i said before i came from a relationship where things were open but we hadn't actually discussed it to any great detail and that then drove secrets and then that breaks down trust and it all becomes all toxic and everything um and it's just that meeting master just sort of like i say everything just clicked into place i i knew it i felt it there and then um but it's, I think the key, to, for, certainly from my perspective, is the key is Master allows me to speak. He allows me to be me, but Master still makes the decisions and everything. So if, if Master thinks I'm wrong, I'm wrong. <laughs> it's this sort of stuff. But it's this, oh, you can have a voice. Um, to the point earlier, I, I said to Master, I said, 
thank you for listening to me. And it was this dawning realisation that, oh, my God. And that then encourages the growth, if that makes sense, because you get security within yourself. And um, am I making sense? Yeah, you are. But I think to to put that from a perspective of where I'm coming from in, in all of that is... I get served better by someone who's happy with themselves. If he's sitting there um, hating part of our relationship or something we're doing, then I'm not getting the full him. So if it was um, something in the bedroom, you know, if, if we're doing CBT and I hurt him in a way that isn't sexy, that doesn't work, if he just sort of grins and bear it, then... I hit it again, and then he'll hide from that in the future. If we have that communication, then and he tells me what works and what doesn't work, then I can enjoy it more going forwards. And the same can happen in any part of our relationship. In that, you know, whether it's in, you know, what we're eating or where we're going to the gym or where we're going on holiday, or when it's uh, possible to do, you know, some deep ass work, which requires huge amounts of him preparing for that. And I need to understand that. And if he doesn't tell me what he has to do, because I've never done it, um, <laughs> then then how am I going to learn? And how am I going to have as much of a good time from it if we haven't had those conversations? Yeah, And it's all the same thing to me. Yeah. We were, we were talking earlier about, um, and again, I couldn't believe we'd have it, have it be, that can have a discussion like it within a relationship, but we were talking about how we act in post COVID as lockdown in the UK starts to end. And Masters sort of threw it back to me and he said, well, what do you want? What are your expectations? And he's like, but it's that Master wants to listen to me before he, because I think what you said to me this morning is you need to know what I'm thinking to make the best of the. Well, you, well, you... well it, it, it puts it down to the, the to this. If I said that this is what's going to happen, this is how we will behave, and he didn't like it, but he didn't feel he wasn't wasn't able to say anything about it, then I would say, and, and this is just an example. If I was to say that I every Tuesday I'm going to go off and I'm going to shag someone new. Um, and that's what all you're going to, to, you have to deal with this. You have no say over this. I don't want to know what you think. I come home to him looking like he's he's had a slapped ass, uh, <laughs> grumpy for the rest of the week, and I'd have to deal with that. So it's actually better to find out what his feelings are. And it turns out that Tuesdays is the day that so-and-so is on TV <laughs> and we, we he wants to sit down and cuddle up with me and watch it. And I go, okay, we'll do it on Wednesdays then because I've got the information I need it still means that I'm making the decisions, but I, I'm making decisions based on full information. Mm. Um, and sometimes I will override and sometimes I'll take that information to in, into account. And sometimes I will change direction because I suddenly realise that, you know, as I say, with, with something physical um, or even emotional, it may be that, that it's not possible, that it hurts too much or it takes too long. Uh, mm. to, to to get ready for something. So you know, the, I, I was the other day. I said, "Oh, should we do so and so?" That required three hours of him sitting in the toilet with, well, the, it was, with it, the douche. If I'm, it was actually this <laughs> evening, actually, it was a conversation earlier. Master said, oh, "Right, we, I think we should do some." I hope it's okay to say on this. You can edit it out if not. But he said, "We'll do some fisting," and I was like, 
oh, okay. And I thought, actually, we've got this, this, and this to do, and I need this prep to do. So I played that back to master, and we came to the conclusion that whilst it would be, it's a nice idea. We'll I would, r- I would rather have my dinner tonight than him. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that whole two-way, that is the major learning thing for me. It's not about being sat in a corner, being pushed into a box and being pushed down and being made to feel absolutely worthless, which it can come into play oh, at we can times. Play that. We can yeah, play that too. It can, it can but it's, it's about that growth as well. Um, Thank you. And uh, one follow-on question for um, um, kind of like Paul. So was there something specific or a set of specific things which helps you to have that confidence to be that open i think it was just feeling comfortable um was there a set of specific things i can i answer this i I, just asking permission to ask answer this question (laughs) i'm gonna answer this um right at the beginning there was something he was looking for which we don't need to go into that i uh that that Everyone else had ha, had reacted with huge amounts of judgment about, mm. and I didn't judge. I sat in that yeah. space, allowing him to feel that, exploring where that came from, and then discussing what to do with that uh, desire. Which um, we 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 took that energy that was going into that place and put it somewhere else. But I think it was because there was no. I I truly believe that no one is broken, um, unless you know, mm, truly mentally ill, as in doctors are are on the case. Therefore, anyone's desires are worth listening to because they're there for a reason. Mm. Um, and that goes back to a point that we spoke about previously. Um, what with what Master just said about. Won't go into the details of it, but when people judge, it can make the problem or the thing even worse. It almost like you want somebody to, you open up somebody to talk to them and they throw this huge amount of judgment at you and there's this shame and it just drives you further and further into it. Whereas with Master, it was like, oh, okay. And we'll, you know, and we just, yeah. And, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm rambling. And on, on that one, just, just my, my, a really important, learning that I did in the time uh, that, that I was out in in, uh, in Asia learning to be a, a coach was the difference between shame and guilt, um, where guilt means you've done something wrong. So I am guilty of robbing a bank or I'm guilty of being an adulterer or I'm guilty of, um, you know, doing the wrong thing at the wrong time, touching the wrong person in in a back room without noticing it wasn't the right person. Whatever, that's guilt. Shame is when you are something wrong. So I am wrong for wanting this thing. I am wrong for having done that. I am an adulterer and I am a criminal. That is shame. And I think far too many people do something wrong, whether it's sub or dom, you know, the Dom who, who went too far, you're not a bad person. You just mm. made a mistake. Um, the, the sub who got it wrong, who, who read the situation wrong, who got themselves into a, into a, uh, a, 
a situation that they misread and it went the it went wrong they're not wrong the situation wrong you might be guilty for over over egging your experience you might be guilty for not expressing yourself enough but you're not wrong mm-hmm. um that there is nothing wrong with you and i think that's a really important thing to 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 bring out and i think you were feeling huge amounts of shame hmm. you thought you were wrong yeah um, and that kind of makes the situation worse but also just going off on a slight tangent there i think trust is also very important um by cultivate having that dialogue it generates trust and i think one of my bits of everybody's different but i saw something on twitter the other day and people talking about it and i if if you're with somebody that will not even allow you to speak or express a thought or opinion um and let's face it sometimes in bdsm things can get quite intense and extreme in certain activities and things like that if you're not being you're not cultivating trust and i think trust is at the key key of everything if that makes any sense um Hmm. yeah and but with that trust i had the trust then discuss things with you yeah and ultimately with trust we can go further i mean (laughs) last time we were in a dungeon i tried out florentine flogging which i'd never done before um i trusted him to tell me when it was i was doing it wrong um he trusted me to go slowly and and build it up and develop my technique in a way that wasn't going to hurt him uh and to stop if he needed me to stop well, and it, it did hurt but nicely hurt. oh you loved it <laughs> I, I'm after 40 minutes of doing yeah. this thing he's like can i have more i'm like i need a rest <laughs> hey don't you have a left arm <laughs> <laughs> i was double flogging that was the thing <laughs> no, he's, he, the masters was serious i remember it it's literally 40 45 minutes into it it's like oh we've got to finish <laughs> <laughs> Ah, thank you. And here's a sneak peek of part two. Desires are worth listening to because they're there for a reason. You can do this. You can be who you are. You can be into kink, BDSM, whatever label you want to throw on it and be you as well. And I I think you've kind of hit on um, a very deep truth that, you know, there can be these terrible things that can happen in life, you know, and death is a constant in life and the relationships we have, be it master-slave or vanilla, they have to be able to deal with these things. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, we're kind of told that you you can't be happy partners. You, you, you're like in a BDSM relationship, you, but you can bring the two together. It's, I believe it's completely possible because that's what we're doing. If you'd like to be interviewed by me or know someone who would, you can get in touch with me at the email contact at masterslavelifestyle.com. You can now support the podcast, website and Master Slave community through Patreon membership and receive benefits such as early access to the podcast, exclusive video workshops and more, along with my thanks for supporting me. There is now a free download to help you take the next steps in the Master Slave lifestyle, suitable for both beginners and those who want a full-time relationship. Check out the show notes for more information on both. And if you're interested in finding out more on the 24-7 Total Power Exchange lifestyle, go to the website at masterslavelifestyle.com for more information. Thank you all for listening.